Pulp MX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Welcome back, everybody. A new week, a new episode of the RockyMountainATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. RMATVMC is a trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, dual sport bikes, ATVs, and those street bikes out there. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping. It is so easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the premier shopping destination for all of us out there. Title sponsor, thank you, Rocky Mountain ATVMC. Also, thank you to Fly Racing and Racetech. You're looking to get some new gear? Head over to flyracing.com. You can order it over at RockyMountainATVMC.com. Great gear. Been wearing it all week. Very ventilated. And, of course, it's lightweight. It's actually lighter than the 2018 gear. So... Go check it out, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. And thank you, Racetech, racetech.com. You get your seals done, get some oil changed, get some revalved, forks, shock, whatever you want. Even engine modifications, they do it all over at Racetech. Head over to racetech.com, tell them Kiefer sent you, and maybe you'll get hooked up. You never know. It's worth a shot, right? It definitely doesn't hurt to mention this podcast. Trust me on that. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for the support. And of course, you know what we're going to talk about here. Dirt bikes. That's all we do. You want to listen to some bantering back and forth? Head over to the Pulp MX Show. That's what we do over there. You'll learn stuff over there as well. But this is more tailor-made for the riders, for the techie guys, anybody that needs some information about their dirt bikes or maybe even purchasing options. This is what this podcast is about. I'm just ripping off this stuff just in case I got some new listeners out there. Of course, you OGs out there know what this podcast is about. This is a no-bullshit talking session. That's right. Zero bullshit. I do a lot of testing on many different bikes. I kind of go around and talk to other people and try to fill their heads with factual information, okay? Okay. It's shootout season. Hard to please everybody. I get it. I hear both sides of the story. Like, I like shootouts. Shootouts don't mean shit. It doesn't matter. Everyone's different. Absolutely. I I get all sides of it. But regardless, I enjoy shootouts just for the simple fact that it gets more information out there to you guys. And hey, it's not the Bible, right? Just because I say... A Yamaha YZ450F may be the best bike. That doesn't make it true for everybody out there, okay? Case in point, this podcast is all about settings, setting up your 2019 KTM 450 SXF. One of the most fun bikes I ride on any given day, okay? 
few years ago, guys, I wasn't a fan of the Orange Brigade, especially on the big bike side. I wasn't stoked on a 4CS fork, wasn't really stoked on the engine, wasn't really stoked on the chassis feeling. Fast forward to, of course, 2018, 2018.5, and 2019. This year, I'm a fan of this bike. I'll touch on this a little bit. Vital MX Shootout. Yes, it got fifth place. Do I agree with that placing for my personal ranking? Absolutely not. No. But Michael does a good job over there at Vital. I will have to hand, hand him that. You know, the kid talks a lot. And I, and I try to tell him, hey, just, just chill out a little bit. Don't need to talk so much. But that's his character. He's a good kid. He has a good heart. And as you guys know, that's what I'm all about. If you have a good heart and your intentions are good, I'm on board. So that's Michael in a nutshell. He knows a lot of information. I think Vital should be very grateful that they have him because before he was there, they didn't have any really good testing information. So, But their shootouts ranked as KTM 5th. Do I agree with that? No. I think some of this engine feeling that they talk about is warranted. Yeah, it's not the most exciting power band out there. But what it does do is let you ride faster and harder while you ride. The perception of that engine is like, ah, it's lazy. And I even mentioned this on other podcasts as well, is when I get to deep dirt, yeah, it's, it's harder to ride. It feels heavy because it doesn't have that snap. I have some fixes in here that I'm going to relay some messages to you guys to help that, okay? Yeah, you buy a $10,000 motorcycle, you're not going to go want to spend an extra $2,000 in parts to make it good. I'm going to try to give you both sides of that here in this podcast. I'm going to try to give you some tips to make your KTM 450 SXF 2019 a little bit better and won't cost you that much money. And then... On the flip side of that, I want to let you guys in on some information that does make this bike a drastic change in to what the stock character is, okay? The stock character is smooth off the bottom, rolls on nice, builds up to a nice mid-range to top end, and pulls very far on the overrev. Suspension, not the worst suspension in 2019, in my opinion. No, you guys know that I'm not a big fan of the air fork. Um, AER WP fork is a pretty damn good fork compared to even some other spring forks in this class. We will touch on that. But basically, I just feel like this bike, this 2019 KTM 450, is going to be on each side of the spectrum in these shootouts. Um, I'm not a palm reader. I can't see the future. But I can guarantee you, almost guarantee you, that... Dirtbike Magazine and Motocross Action Magazine will have the KTM ranked up further than in the Vital Shootout. So, and uh, hey, you know, you never know. I might eat my words as well. We start our shootout September 18th, and you never know. It could get fifth in that shootout as well. I don't know. I take my scores out of my shootouts. When we do the Kiefer Inc. 450MX shootouts this year, I'm not going to put my scores in vault. I'm not going to put my scores inside of this shootout. I will give you guys my ranking on a separate podcast and just kind of go over each bike with you from me personally. But for the shootouts, it's going to be all about the test riders and what they think. And we're going to add up all the scores over several test riders, okay? We're not just going to have six guys. We're going to have up to 20 different size riders, abilities, ages, everything. And for you big guys out there, we're going to have some big boys riding this 450 shootout. 
220 up, yep, we got it. We're having some big dudes. Is the spring rates going to be correct for these dudes? Nope, they're not going to be correct. But nonetheless, you guys need to know out there what works the best. You know, chances are most of the time you guys are getting your suspension done, revalved, resprung. So I get it. There's a target weight weight for these guys when they do the R&D on these bikes. So if you're out of that range, most likely you're going to get resprung, revalved. So anyway, let's just get down to it, okay? I'm not enough this babbling back and forth and talking about shootouts and things. Straight up, guys, this KTM 450 makes me a better rider. No lie. You you guys out there know how much I'm a fan of the YZ450F. I get emails saying, Chris, you always reference all these bikes to a blue bike. Well, that's because I enjoy riding the blue bike. I think the blue bike has the most balance, has one of the best motors. It's just an all-around good bike. It does everything pretty well. Yes, it's heavy. Um, no, it doesn't turn as good as some of these other bikes. But it's just a good bike, a good base building machine. If you're going to compare any of these machines in this 450 class, it would be good to compare it to a Yamaha because that's a good base machine. So when I get on this KTM, the perception is, and Vital is right, that the engine is kind of lazy and it's hard to corner because the engine character is a little bit different, but it forces you to ride a little bit harder and it's super connected to the rear wheel. So how do we fix this thing up a little bit, you know? Because this is what this podcast is about. How do I get my KTM to run a little bit better? Or if you're going to be in the market to buy a 450, should I even buy this KTM and what will it do for me? So let's just start with some of these positives that I like about this bike. Like I said, connected to the rear wheel, yes. How do we get connection to the rear wheel? Well, you got to have a smooth building engine engine character, and you have to have pulling power, okay? Those two combined, you need to work in unison. They have to be working together to get connection and to put the power to the ground to get you to the next corner or obstacle in a hurry. The KTM does do that. Here on the West Coast, we get fairly deep conditions in the morning, which is a very short window. We may get two hours of that, right? It doesn't stay deep all day long. And then it kind of turns shitty, hard-packed, square-edgy. As the day goes on, guys, this KTM gets better and better. So what did I do for the past week? Well, I went out and borrowed my buddy's KTM 450 SXF 2017, okay? 2017 bike. I got another buddy. You know, I, have a, I have a bunch of buddies that trust me a lot in dirt bikes. I have a 2019 KTM 450. And then, of course, I have my test bike. My test bike has some stuff done to it, which we'll compare to these stock bikes in a minute. But from 17, the bike feels a little bit wide with the shrouds. The engine character is very good. I would say, if anything, the 2017 FI setting and throttle response is much better than the current 2019 FI setting and throttle response. Okay, so how do we get a good FI setting on this new bike? Guys, Jamie at Twisted, he doesn't pay me. I barely even know the dude, okay? So if you guys are wondering if he's paying me to talk about his stuff, he doesn't. Um, I think I've met him once in my life, but I've ridden with some of his 
settings, his ignitions, and some of the things that he's done before, and I'm a fan of this guy's work. So, if you have a KTM 450SXF, I would say anywhere between 18, 19, 2017 ignition settings were good, so I wouldn't screw with that. But send your box off to Jamie, let him map it, and it's a whole different machine, guys, okay? If you guys can't afford an ignition, which we'll talk about in a minute, send your box to Jamie at Twisted. He has some good maps that gets more power, or I should say cleaner power, to your Orange Brigade machine. Very important. This is most of the problem for me, I guess I would say, for the 2019 KTM 450 SXF, is the FI setting is dirty slash rich. Okay, that's what we call rich feeling when something is like blah, 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 blah. That's the sound I'm trying to make to you guys so you guys are aware of it when you guys are riding your bikes. It's just a little fat, little rich off the bottom, which in turn makes the bike feel sluggish, heavy, slow. Okay, so we need to crispen that up. We need to lean that out a little bit. Well, he has maps that clean that bottom end up, and then he has a map because the stock 2019 Orange Brigade bike is lean on top. You get some D-cell pop. Well, you need to kind of fix that area of the Orange Brigade machine as well. So he richens that area up, and it just cleans up the engine character a lot. Again, twist the development. You can send your box there. He can put all the you can flash it. He can put the, the the settings in there, and it's so much better. I run my stock KTM in map one. Do I prefer a map two? Not really because the, the, the power band is kind of short. I don't like that. Straight up, I like a long pulling power band that's easy to ride. Map one, that's what I ride in. And then once you get your stuff from Jamie, you put it back in your bike, you're going to notice a huge difference where your bike feels lighter. It feels crisper. RPM response is much better where you're going to be like, oh my God. This is a completely different machine. Will you have more excitement from that remapped ECU on your KTM versus a Honda or a Yamaha? No. So don't expect it to be all gnarly and exciting and just crisp as hell like a Honda and a Yamaha. No, but you will still get a better cleaning, I'm sorry, a cleaner running KTM 450SXF. You have a little bit more snap, a little bit more bottom in, but just revs freer. The RPM response is crisper, especially in the mid-RPM response. That's much better. So that's one of my tips to give you guys out there that have this bike. Don't have a lot of money. Just get your ECU remapped, and you'll be much better off. Okay? That's the first things first. Now let's go, let's kind of move around here. I want to like make this podcast a little bit more fun and organic and just in your face because I don't want to go a chassis, suspension, engine. Let's mix it up a little bit, okay? It's Friday. I'm feeling spunky. Fork and shock setting. Okay, I've had this bike, uh, I don't know, three weeks? Going on three weeks? Well, this week I borrowed my buddy's KTMs, okay? Again, thank you guys. If you guys are listening, I appreciate you letting me do this because then I can really hone in and see what the 2019 needs, if it's getting better, if it's worse. So when I rode the 2017 stock and the 2019 stock one back to back, I noticed that 
Fork settings and shock setting was much better on the 2019 than the 2017 version. However, I'm 170 pounds, okay? I liked a stock air pressure setting in this fork. To me, that was the best setting. If anything, I started a little bit low, and I went to Glen Helen. I went to some rough tracks by my um, by my house in the desert. I went to Comp Edge. I went to Sunrise. So I went to a lot of places. 10.4 to 10.5 bars is a good setting for guys my weight. Now, if you are a little bit lighter, I recommend going to 10.3 bars, okay? For you guys in PSI land, that's 150 PSI. And 10.5 bars is 153 PSI. So under 170, go to 150. 170 and up, I would, well, I would say 170 and up. I would say 170 to 185, 90, you're going to want 10.5. That's just stock setting. 10.5 bars, 153 PSI. Clicker settings. What I like about a KTM, and this is where I disagree with Michael and, and the Vital guys, is... Um, they say that KTM is, has a smaller box window to make this bike work well. Well, compare it to a Honda where you click it around, your sags off a little bit on a Honda, that bike feels totally different. You can't even ride it at times because you're like, is this the same bike? I'm only a one to two millimeters off on my sag. Well, if you're one to two millimeters off on your sag on a KTM, it's not that drastic of a change. So I like the window that I get from this KTM, okay? It is a large window, and to me, the suspension works fairly... I, I almost hesitate... I'm a little bit hesitant to say this stuff because I'm not a big fan of the Air Fork, but I've been riding with it more and more and more and more. Maybe it's just me getting used to an Air Fork over the course of several years, but they are getting better. I shouldn't say they. The WP Fork... Air Fork is getting better. Gone are the days of the initial part of the stroke being fairly like stiff and what we always talk about, breaking the crust of that fork. It moves pretty well. Is it as good as a spring fork? No. But honestly, it makes this bike feel really light in the front end with ample traction in the front. So just be careful of not going too high in, in air pressure. When you guys are at the track, yes, your air pressure will go up. So just be cautious of that. Monitor it. Check it. I would say I check my air pressure in the fork on this bike when I get to the track in the morning. And then if I'm doing, you know, say 230s and then some sprint laps at the end, I'll check my air pressure after the second mode just to see where it's at. So just know that. And try to see... If you guys can wait till the fork and the bike just kind of cools down a little bit and then check your air pressure. To me, that's the best way to do it. Um, I kind of stayed in the range between 15 clicks out on the compression on the fork and between 12 and 15 clicks out on the rebound. That's my spectrum for clicks in that compression and rebound area. You guys can experiment with this kind of stuff. The main... Um, I would say the, the, the important part of this whole fork setting deal that I've experienced with this bike is the air pressure. If you dial in the air pressure, clickers are your choice. I can't tell you guys you need 12 clicks. Well, experiment for yourself. It's super easy to use. That little knob on your fork, compression, 
You can do it up right there. Super easy. Do it on the fly while you're riding. Check it out. Go two to three in. Does it help? Nope. I'm going to go two, three back out. Okay. Now I'm back to my stock setting. Go two to three out more. Get it, you know, just experiment a little bit. Don't rely on me or motocross action or someone else to give you exact clicker numbers. There's no real right way to give you a click. That's up to you guys, okay? I try to give you guys an area to kind of hone in on, and then it's up to you to kind of dial it in for yourself. Many of you guys out there don't ride like me, so it's up to you guys to figure out where the clicks are. But start from 15 clicks out, experiment three to four each side of that, and see where you guys end up. Again, shock. Two settings that I tried that I liked, okay? Again, all week on this KTMs. I spent all week working on this shit, okay? 105 millimeters is a great base setting. If you guys feel like you need a little bit more front tire bite from this KTM, go to 103 on your SAG. I stuck with 105 because I felt like front end traction was pretty good, especially when I stuck with stock air pressure in the fork. But for you guys out there that want a little bit more front end bite, maybe a little bit slower, your technique's off on your cornering speed, you know, just things are a little bit not dialed in, I guess I would like to tell you guys. I don't want to say you guys, you know, you guys suck in the corners. Look, cornering is hard to do. Very, very hard. I learn every day how to corner better. But you want a little bit more front end traction, hit 103 millimeters on your shock sag. That will kind of get your fork to bite a little bit. Now, if you feel like your fork is too low with 103, go up a small amount, okay? Example, Kiefer, I'm at 103. I'm coming into a corner. My front end feels low. My back end feels high. I don't like that setting. But I want some front end traction. Okay, stick to the 103 sag. Raise your fork pressure up, maybe 0.1 bar, 0.2 bar, okay? If you're at a 153 PSI rating, go to 153.5. Try a little bit. Do a half a pound or two a pound, 154. Just go up very, very slight. Hopefully, you guys have a fork air gauge that goes 0.5s. They should. If not, get one. So... A little bit more front end traction, go to 103. High speed, KTMs, I rode that 2017 KTM and the high speed felt empty, always bottoming, hitting the rear fender. Dude, it sucked. This 2019 version of that shock, much better on the high speed compression. I don't get a slamming sensation, I don't get that empty in-stroke feel, so I left my high speed stock. Low speed, I would say it's... For me, I'm aggressive. I'm slamming into things. I go stiffer one to three clicks from stock. Okay? Rebound, I kept my rebound between 12 and 13 out. The WP shock, by nature, is already feeling pretty dead. It's kind of a dead-feeling shock, which I like a lot. I don't like a lot of movement out of my rear end. I like a planted rear end feel. So, get between 12 and 13 out on your rebound, and that should be pretty good. So that's kind of a, a basis, a base for you guys out there that are trying to work with your suspension that want to keep the stock stuff on your bike, on your KTM. Now, I did try WP cone valve fork and track tracks shock. Much better. 
more performance, a little bit more comfort. Kiefer, more more comfort or more performance? You're getting a little bit more performance out of the CV fork and the tracks, okay? And a small amount of comfort. I would say more performance based than comfort. The shock on the the stock shock on the KTM is pretty damn good. I would say if the stock shock is a three, a Trax is maybe a three point two five. Not very much. However, going for me, going from an AER fork to a cone valve, if a stock AER fork is a three, cone valve is a three point five. To me, more noticeable up front because I want some front end traction, and it increases that with the cone valve. Just to let you guys know, I do feel a weight difference when you go to a cone valve fork. That AER fork is very light, and it makes that side-to-side movement on the KTM feel nice. Going to a cone valve, you'll feel your front end a little bit heavier, okay? It doesn't go side-to-side as quick with this cone valve on. Lean angle takes a little bit more of a rider technique, but once you get used to it, it took me a day or two to get used to it, I got increased front end traction. I can slam into bumps harder with this cone valve fork. But yeah, your bike will turn a little bit slower with a pair of spring forks on. That's just the nature of the beast, okay guys? I'll take a little bit slower cornering machine to get some added comfort, and that's what the cone valves provide. So that's the general nature of the suspension that I've experienced in the past three to four days. And I'm telling you guys, I spent a lot of hours on a KTM this week, and I feel like I'm a KTM employee. That's how much time I spent on this sucker. So moving on the chassis. The chassis, to me, when they moved and they changed some things around for 2018.5 with the factory edition, now this 2019, I like the chassis changes. It's getting a bad rap, saying it's a little bit more of a rigid feel in these shootouts, but this bike needed it, especially in soft dirt. When I go into some soft, really heavy dirt, this bike in 2017 and 2018 had a gnarly wiggle. It never wanted to settle. It was pitchy. I didn't like it as much. Now, from the 18.5 to the 19, frame doesn't have as much pitching. It doesn't wiggle. I get a little bit better of a stability feel when I'm trying to ride fast with this 19 frame. They did a good job with this frame, I feel. I don't think it's as rigid as some other outlets say it is. And to me, it's a perfect blend of rigidity and comfort, especially when the track goes to shit. Again, unlike previous year's KTMs, this new version KTM gets better as the day goes on. And it's very hard to do. Usually, some of the bikes that I've rode so far on 19, it's the other way. Pretty good in the morning, and then it kind of goes to shit later in the afternoon. Man, I, mean, I can really appreciate this chassis more in the afternoon. So I applaud the, you know, Lytle and the guys over there in the R&D department. Some things you guys need to look out for on your bike. Check engine mounts constantly. The engine mounts, the Torx bit, bolts, check them. Torque them. I do it every other ride. I check them because they back out. Even with red Loctite, they'll loosen up a little bit. Trust me on that, okay? Important as well. Rear axle placement. KTM's telling us they, you know, they let us get more freedom in the rear of the of the bike with the chain adjuster increasing. We can, you know, roll the tire back farther. Do that. It helps. It helps increase stability. 
It's good. Try it. I run mine. The stock one, you'll see your marks are kind of tor- towards the middle of the of the marks. They'll have, you know, let's say you have eight marks. It's kind of towards the middle of number four. Well, run it back a little bit. I run mine two to three from the rear and run stock fork height. And it's fairly balanced, fairly good. I still get a good cornering character, yet I get good stability. So, again, axle placement is key. I run mine a little farther back than stock. If you got to buy a new chain and cut it to the length where your wheel is a little bit farther back, then that's what you do. Let me touch base on an axle. Okay, I can't indulge in some information because I was told not to talk about it yet, but I am testing something rear... Rear axle wise, excuse me, rear axle wise that helps free up the rear end. KTM has the chain adjuster block and axle one piece. This kind of binds up the rear end under load. You're rolling the throttle on, action of that rear shock is kind of, like I said, dead, right? Well, now you're kind of getting a sticky feeling because it's not freeing up that swing arm, um, pivot bolt back kind of feeling. I want a little bit more traction, a little bit more feeling, especially on square edge acceleration. If you guys went out and bought a Honda axle, okay, which does fit with the chain adjusters, that helps. However, a company, I'm not going to name names, will be having a setup for you KTM owners out there in about three weeks. I will let you guys know what's going on in about three weeks. And tell, I'll tell you, besides having the FI setting, okay, how, let me just put it this way. I'm trying to explain it to you guys where it's in layman's terms. FI settings are important for engine feel, right? To me, every, that's everything in a four stroke. You have a correct FI setting, it helps. So, you guys doing this Jamie twisted development map really helps this bike. Well, for the chassis guys, for the chassis world out there, you want to improve your chassis, rear axle placement, and not having a one-piece chain adjuster is much better. That's a huge difference. Huge difference, guys. It seems small, right? Just like we talked about on you know before in other podcasts. You think small, little adjustments won't mean shit on the track? Well, I'm calling bullshit once again. You're doing wheel, you know, wheel placement and getting rid of that chain adjuster axle one piece deal that KTM has, which I don't understand why they have it, but they do. That helps free up the rear end, gives you more traction, makes the bike feel more compliant in the rear. So very important. I'll hit you guys up in three weeks. Give me three weeks and I will tell you which company is having this part, you can stick on the back of your bike, makes it much better. I'm sorry, I gotta be a little bit vague. I wanna let out the information, but they're not quite ready to go to production yet, okay? Again, I'm getting amped up here, guys, because I've been on this KTM and I'm, I'm starting to really, 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 really enjoy it. I know you guys always talk shit on me out there saying, Kiefer, you like every other bug, every one minute's Yamaha, next minute's the Rockstar Dish, and now you're on the Orange Brigade. I'm going to tell you the same thing I tell everybody else. I love good bikes. I don't give a shit what color it is. Right now, I'm telling you guys right now, I'm riding better on this KTM than I ever have before. It's a really good bike. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it. 
but I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have phone chargers for your droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close like my house. I don't have that many outlets. They just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just, I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So, founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic. You guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Skosh develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Skosh finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's SCOKT25. Use that code when you go to skosh.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, Chris at KeyFringTesting.com. I'll let you know more, but very cool guys over there. Thanks, Skosh. Skosh.com. You looking for some good oil out there? I know you are because I get a lot of questions to my email inbox about oil. Heck, I'm at the track. People stop me and ask about oil. On the Pulp MX Show, lots of callers. What oil should I run? So I'm going to let you on a little secret. I've been testing an oil that's called Moto Blood bloodlubricants.com go check them out over there at bloodlubricants.com go view everything they have there's all different kinds of oils you got an ATV you got a street bike you got a UTV or you got a YZ450F in your garage blood lubricants has an oil for you okay Jefferson Green he's been in the oil industry for a long time since 1983 but he's been a motorcycle enthusiast for longer than that so he wanted to create an oil that was good that lasted a long time and didn't break down and even cooled your engines down a little bit more than you're used to because, heck, I'm going to tell you something straight up. was testing this stuff a couple months, did a lot of temperature readings. Engine temps were always anywhere from 25 to 30 degrees cooler with the Moto Blood 1040. And you want to even know something that's crazier? It's 100% fully synthetic oil. 
You guys know me. Synthetic wasn't my choice when it comes to some bikes, right? I ran it in the Yamaha and I ran it in the Honda. Wasn't too stoked on synthetic oils. Well, went and tried this. No slippage, no drag, 100% synthetic. It 100% works. So, hey, go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Mention Kiefer in your order, please order, and get 25% off. It's that easy. And if you guys have any questions about this oil, hit me up over at chris at keferinktesting.com. I can discuss more what it does for you, what it does for your bike. But, hey, it's in my test bikes right now. I've had zero failures. It's really reliable oil. It's very good, 100% synthetic. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. One of my first sponsors ever was FMF Racing. I wrote resumes, that's right, handwriting for you young bucks out there, handwritten resumes and mailed them out, licked the stamps, sent them off their way onto every company that had an address in these magazines that I looked at when I was younger. I was a 125 novice, 14 years old, sent my resume off. And I literally camped out by the mailbox every night, hoping to get something back that says, we've accepted your sponsorship, now you're a writer. And you know what? One day, guess what showed up? A letter from FMF Racing. And you know what it said inside of it? Congratulations, Chris. You just got 60% off. Can you imagine that? 125 novice, 60% off? Dude, I thought I made it. I thought I was in. I couldn't wait to tell my dad that he was going to save money and we're going to buy like 87 silencers and pipes now because we saved him so much money. <laughs> Nonetheless, those guys were on board with me a long time ago when I was very young and now they're back on board with this podcast. I think it's very cool and thank you, Little D. And you guys know, I don't want any advertiser on here unless I back their products and I back FMF Racing and the quality that it comes with. For 45 years, they've approached everything they do at FMF as riders first. That's why it means the world to them to be on top of every major reader survey. Okay? They want to make exhaust systems that you want. They want to make exhaust systems they want. So it makes sense. It's They're stoked when they hear guys say, hey man, I love your product. Trust me. I've been around Little D long enough. He loves that stuff. There's nothing more joyful in a guy's business to know that their products work. Same thing goes for my podcast, guys. So founder Don Emler is hands-on today as he was in the beginning. He's out there grinding, welding. Quality is his first concern. He builds everything from the ground up in the USA where you can oversee and control manufacturing. At FMF, they approach everything with the same mentality. Whether you're playing on the trails or backing the fastest names in racing, they set out to be number one. Thanks to all of you, fellow riders, we're leading the pack. They are leading the pack because of you guys out there buying the product. So as you guys know, you guys go back into my podcast. I talk about FMF, great products. Head over to fmfracing.com. Get yourself set up. Go look and see what they offer because they offer a lot. If you have any questions, hit me up. Chris at KeeferInkTesting.com, and I'll answer them for you. Thanks, FMF. Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right. They are on board with the KeeferInkTesting.com, Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. Head over to 6 helmetscom 
Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, I do feel the safest in a 6D helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1. I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology. It's race-proven. I'm telling you guys. And it's light. The new ATR2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 60 Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at chris at keyforinktesting.com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 60. So please, guys, go check them out. 60 Helmets. Hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Thanks, 60. Have you been to ruddedracing.com yet? If the answer is no, go there right now. Ruddedracing.com. They have shirts, hats, hoodies, cute stuff for your chick, for your lady, for your wife. Man, it's cute. I put Heather in some of this stuff before bedtime, and, well, that's all I'm going to say about that. But nonetheless, go check them out, ruddedracing.com. They have a bunch of cool stuff. And not only do they have cool street wear, but Clint is designing some gear. That's right. If you're a taller dude, 6'2", maybe over, he's going to have the set of gear that you want to be in. Longer arms, a little longer length. Materials are going to be awesome. I saw some of this gear, and, man, it's going to kind of change the game for you taller dudes out there. So it's not out yet, so pump the brakes. But before we get all hyped up on this stuff, go to ruddedracing.com, buy some stuff. They support us. They support the Bear, Tyler Bowers, and Henry Miller. So, hey, go check them out, won't you? Ruddedracing.com. Screen printing done dot com. I hate it when they put sirens in commercials. They've done studies, you know, 60% of the time it works every time. I wish I had that shirt. Would cover my boy boobs nicely. Screen printing done dot com. We make kick-ass t-shirts. Made with bits of real panther. We get it done. So you know it's good. Screenprintinggun.com. Screenprintinggun.com. Kiefer. Airbox mods. Well, yes, it worked on the Rockstar Edition Husqvarna. Okay? Drilling some holes. I tried... An airbox mod on the 19. I had my buddy. We drilled out his, you know, left side panel. Did it help? Yes, a little bit. It did. It helped throttle response. But I'm telling you guys right now, it helps more to get a correct FI setting in the spike because KTM did miss the mark with FI setting, I feel. So don't worry about drilling holes in your airbox as much as getting your mapping correct can't stress on that gearing last year i did a 1452 i did that with the rockstar edition i left stock gearing on this i seem to be pretty happy with the stock gearing once you guys get the ignition fi setting better you'll get some more bottom end i feel a little bit cleaner running and you'll be able to run third gear in corners more right now in stock condition with that bike it's tough to run third gear in corners you really got to run second and then shift right away Clean up your FI, 
You'll get a better third gear roll on out of corners. Another important aspect for chassis and you know just feeling of the bike, and it's huge. Okay, cut the stock bar. If you guys aren't going to a pro taper style bar, okay, cut that neck and bar. It is so wide. I don't understand why KTM has this wide ass bar. It's too wide. Cut that thing between five to six, even seven. I would say five to seven millimeters. Cut it. So what I did to my bike, I cut two and a half on one side, two and a half on the other side. I got five millimeters off, and it's huge. And you look at it, and I did this on my Instagram. I showed a picture of it. It looks minuscule. It looks like you barely cut off anything on the handlebar, but it's huge. You stick your grips back on, and just makes the bike feel so much more agile when you cut five mil off. So don't be scared to cut five mil off your handlebars, guys. It makes a huge difference. It helps you in the corners, or you guys are just chucking those bars anyway because they're stiff. You can go into a pro taper bar. It helps vibration. It helps bump absorption. A pro taper Evo bar is kind of my choice when it when it comes to cross barless bars to get a bend. Here, here's the tough part about going to Evo. I can't find. I, I kind of like the stock KTM bend, right? But I, it's hard for me to find a Pro Taper Evo bend in that style. You can go to a Carmichael or a stock Husqvarna bend. And if you are going to a stock Husqvarna Evo Pro Taper bend, you're going to have to cut those as well. Those come at eight eleven. You need to cut down to eight oh three. Again, it comes eight hundred eleven millimeters. You cut it down to 803. That's a good width for this bar. Again, 803, guys, okay? Check your spokes. KTM is notorious of having these spokes back out. A couple years ago, they were breaking. I haven't broke them on this bike, but they do get loose. So every moto, check them. You don't have a, a torque spoke wrench from Fastco? Get one. Easy. Click, 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 click. That's it. You're done. Just go around your wheel. Click, 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 click. Okay? Super basic. Let's dumb it up. That's what we do. We're dirt bike guys. Dumb it up for me. Make it easy for me. Fast code does it. Torque spoke wrench. Get one. Head over there. Okay. Easier mod to do as well. Two-stroke backfire screen. You can get a KTM 250SX, you know, um, uh, filter cage. Put it on there, get a little bit more throttle response, get rid of that screen. I don't feel like you need that screen like you do on the Yamaha where everything falls into that Yamaha. Well, it's easier to keep dirt out of the KTM because it's, you know, it's on its side. It's not going straight down into the intake. So you can either cut out your screen, which is, which is ghetto, but you can do that, or just go buy a two-stroke screen or a filter cage and you're done. It doesn't come with a screen. So, choice is yours, guys. Okay, I talked to you about Jamie at Twisted. Vortex Ignitions, I talked about those in my podcast as well. Jamie did one for me on the Rockstar Dish Husqvarna. I stuck that one directly onto this KTM. Oh, my God. It is unreal how much better it is. As good as the stock one remapped is it's twofold when you go to a vortex ignition wakes up bottom end even more i would say you'll get as much excitement maybe well, i wouldn't say as much maybe just a sliver less than a honda crf 450r 
but you have nice acceleration and traction, more traction than a Honda or a Yamaha. You get more pop. It makes the bike feel even lighter. It revs out farther. You get more mid-range pull. This ignition is money. I love it. If I was going to go purchase a KTM 450 SXF, and I was like, I have a little bit extra money. Maybe you don't. But if you did, Vortex Ignition is really good. I haven't tried to get on it, okay? I've only had the Vortex, but Jamie maps this sucker, and he has good maps. You can map it for pump fuel. You can map it for Pro 6. I have Pro 6 map with the Vortex. Guys, this makes me excited to go riding. I think that's why I'm kind of jacked up today, because... I've been riding this sucker all week, and my riding's improved, and I got this ignition on there, and it makes me excited because it's so easy to ride. I can run third gear. It pulls. It's exciting. RPM response is crisp and clean. It's a very good modification for either your Rockstar Edition or your, your 450 SXF. Jamie at Twisted has developed many maps. Um, like I said, I met the guy one time, but the conversation that I did have with him said he spent a lot of time trying to get this map correct. And when I put it on, it makes all the difference in the world. I'll give you another little example. Andy Jefferson, he works at Husqvarna. I let him borrow this ignition for his Rockstar Edition. He said he didn't like it because it was too much. So that's what I'm trying to relay out to you guys. It works. It puts power to the ground. If you guys are riding soft dirt, this is a great modification. All I have done to my test bike, okay, like I said, I borrowed my two buddies, other KTMs. On a my test bike, I have an FMF exhaust, which is great. It's tuned from KTM. So FMF and KTM work together. They tune this exhaust. It, it works really well. I get more bottom end, more mid-range, and top ends increased a little bit, not much, but most bottom and mid and uh, bottom and middle, which you want out of this bike, right? I have that, a Vortex Ignition with Pro 6, running Pro 6. I cut my bars. I put a two-stroke filter cage in my bike. It makes a huge difference. I, I can't even explain it to you guys. What I can't explain to you is my buddy that bought a 19 KTM 450 SXF, he rode my bike, and I didn't tell him what I did to it, okay? He rode his bike and then got on my bike back to back, and he's like, I cannot believe the difference in these two machines. He's like, tell me everything that you've done. And I just told him what I told you guys out there. He's like, that's all you did? I go, yes. He went out immediately the next day, Got a Vortex, got an FMF. He's ready to bolt everything on. I have to give the bike back to him, but he's ready to rock. So this guy is a middle-class dude, doesn't make a lot of money. He's not rich, right? He buys a bike once every four years. This is his bike. This is what he wanted, okay? And I'm going to tell you guys something right now. He's cheap, and when he bought this stuff, I was surprised. So that's how much difference it is to get an ignition and a pipe and some little knick-knack things, you know, cutting your bars down and things like that, you know, run your wheel back. He, he couldn't believe how much of a difference it made to his bike. So, again, this bike is a great machine. I, I really enjoy it. I've enjoyed the Rockstar Dish. You know how much I like that. It's pretty much the same bike, right? Let's, let's, let's be real here. Airbox mod, swing arm, things like that, right? But whatever. It's basically the same bike. 
I really liked the KTM a little bit more in stock trim because it had a little bit more bottom end. But in 19, the FI setting is kind of off. So I was kind of a little bit bummed out. Not terribly, but, it, you know, get that FI setting cleaned up and it's a great bike. So I'm on board with the steel frame. I'm on board with this power delivery that's smooth yet exciting. It doesn't rip your arms out. It's easy to ride. It's light feeling. I can move it around on the track. I can cut down off of, off of jumps, off of berms. It just opens the track up more for me. When you do small changes to this KTM 450SXF, that's why I want to do this podcast to let you guys know. If you guys have this bike and you see shootout results that say fifth, you know, you're like, oh my God, my bike's a piece of shit. No, it's not. The top five machines are really good, but little changes, okay, makes this bike, to me, to me, it makes little change. Let's just say the FI setting, just taking your stock ECU, getting it remapped, I like this bike more than a Yamaha. Yep, I said it. Believe it. And you guys know how much I like a Yamaha. This bike is good. Really good. And it has an air fork. Holy shit. It has an air fork, and I like it. Yes, I like a cone valve more, but nonetheless, it's really good, guys. So don't freak out on shootout results because we're going to try to get you settings for all these bikes before my shootout starts to kind of help you make your bike the best. That's what KTM, I did with this KTMs here this week. I just played around a little bit, experimented. Compared it with my test bike with those ignitions, muffler, cut bars, you know, axle placement, all the rear axle um, placement, all these little things, and it makes a huge difference. So I'm excited for more, you know, to ride this bike more. I'm excited to get these shootouts in. And man, I even kind of want to do, do a little 450 modified shootout. Kind of say, you know, hey, $1,000 on each bike. Let's see how good we can make these machines. I feel like that's something cool that we can do here over at Keyframe Testing. Let's just do some different shit. You know? You put 1000 bucks towards this bike. Okay, maybe 1500 because muffler and ignition, right? 1500 bucks on each bike. Let's compare them and see how good they are. Sounds fun to me, right? So anyway, you guys have questions about this test. You guys have questions how excited I am about this shit. Hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. I love dirt bikes, guys. And when I find things that help motorcycles to make them even better, and then I see the improvement in my riding, dude, I'm like a 15-year-old kid that can't wait to ride. Like, that's how I am. I'm freaking 40 years old, and this is how jazzed up I get about dirt bikes. So, again, good job, KTM. I haven't said that yet, but good job for getting a good machine, one, Number two, forcing other manufacturers to step up their game. You know what? For the, you guys out there listening about, and you guys that have a KX450, you guys out there just reap the benefits of KTM's R&D progress. You 2019 KX450 owners out there, thank KTM. Because I feel like if it wasn't for KTM, Cowie wouldn't be as good as it is in 2019 it forces other manufacturers to step their shit up trust me i bet you 10 bucks each manufacturer in their r&d department has a ktm to compare to i bet it i bet you 10 dollars. i bet you more but i don't got much more 10 bucks because that's what ktm has been doing it's been forcing the japanese manufacturers to get their shit together and start catching up so 
There you see it. 2019 KX450 tied for second place in Vital Shootout. I think it won another shootout. That's because of KTM, guys. That's right. KTM forces people to get better. Um, also, something I didn't mention that I've mentioned before, though, black throttle cam. Put that sucker in your KTM. That helps it. Helps modulation of the throttle. Um, when you have the stock one in, that throttle pull is kind of long. It kind of jacks your corner speed up a little bit. You'll be like wanting to chicken wing it through corners, and it just kind of upsets the chassis a little bit in the corners. Having this black throttle cam in your KTM makes it more Japanese-like, okay? And when I say Japanese-like, I mean the pull. KTM has a long pull. The Japanese manufacturers have a shorter pull. The black cam helps this. And it just kind of gets the power. It, it gets the meat of the power in sooner when you're throwing your, your throttle hand in. So if you look at your hand, make a, make a fist like you're on your throttle, right? And twist it a quarter turn. If you did that on a KTM, your power is like barely on, like you're barely going. You do that on a Japanese bike, and you're like, wow, you got more snap. Going to that black throttle cam, quarter turn, it gets you into that meat of the power that you're used to. I guess that's a good word to use it. You're used to a quarter turn and having your power react a certain way. With that stock throttle cam, that KTM doesn't act any way that I was familiar with. So do yourself a favor. Go the black throttle cam. It'll help you. It's not going to make your bike jumpy or fast off the bottom. What's going to make that is remapping your ignition or going to a vortex. That will help your throttle response, your your excitement, your pull, and all that. So um, going to the black throttle cam just kind of gets you more familiar with your throttle pull. That's what I'm saying. So Because that stock gray one is kind of foreign feeling when you're riding. That's about all I have for you guys. I think I'd download you a shit ton of information. I might have went off beat a little bit, but that's just my style because uh, some things trigger my brain to talk about other things. So hopefully I didn't jump around too much on you guys out there. But nonetheless, again, listen to the shootouts that you care about. Okay, I know we're in shootout season again. Listen to the riders that are closest to you. If you're 220 pounds... Look for a test rider that's 220 pounds and then see what he likes. Um, if you guys like what I'm about, you guys like 170 pounds and you guys are pretty good riders and um, fairly you know, speedy and like to ride a lot, listen to what I have to say. Shootouts are there for you guys to di- digest information and look and see where it can help you to get correct purchasing decisions. Okay. I, I don't know about MXA, I don't know about Dirt Bike, I don't know about Vital, but what I'm trying to do over here at Kiefer Inc. is give you guys several test riders to kind of look and see where you're at and then see what that test rider, you know, likes. I can't get all you guys into my shootout and say, all right, here, ride all these bikes, see what you like, go buy one. So I'm trying to get a, a wide spectrum of riders so that way it's almost like you being there in the shootout. So that, that's my goal. And again, we do something differently here too. You got questions, hit me up. Chris at KeyFrankTesting.com. I'll almost be just as enthusiastic on the email as I am on this podcast. Almost. Unless it's 9 o'clock at night and I'm answering an email, I'm kind of over it. So, And if it's Sunday, 
I ain't going to answer emails on Sunday. You can email me, but I ain't answering. So it says urgent on the heading. You can suck it. I ain't answering until Monday. So I need a day off. As much as I love to ride dirt bikes, I need to remove myself from them at least a day or two a week. Please understand that. So anyway, that's my spiel. That's some settings. Those are some things that you can look for in your 2019 KTM 450. I do think chassis changes, engine changes are for the better, especially coming from a 2017-18 KTM. I also think the technology that KTM is working with is cool. I still like a steel frame. Stock muffler is fairly good. Yes, the FMF is a little bit better, but they did a good job on their muffler design. I think it looks cool. I know people say it looks like a two-stroke. I really don't see it. Again, things to look out for. Check your engine mount bolts. They back out. Of course, Rear brake pedal springs suck balls on this KTM as well. They break. You can use a Honda rear brake pedal spring or, well, a Honda one works because it has like a little condom over it, right? The the KTM is more like a raw dog. You raw dog in it. It doesn't have a condom on it, that rubber piece. The Honda has a rubber piece over the spring so it doesn't vibrate and break. That's the problem with the KTM spring is it vibrates and breaks. I also noticed, so I didn't touch on it, um, the pipe can vibrate a little bit on the spring so watch out for that it's nothing that you really can do and just something that i noticed um there is a little bit more vibration with the ktm versus japanese models that gets worse over time i've been on a ktm at 60 hours and it vibrated a little bit more but again going to a different bar helps this and checking your engine mounts if your bike seems to be getting a little bit more vibration check your engine hangers your mounts Chances are they're backed out a little bit. Get them back into the torque spec that your owner's manual recommends. Recommends. All right? Owner's manual is a Bible for your bike. Don't email me and ask me things that your owner's manual says. What's the stock clickers? Bro, in your owner's manual. Don't be lazy. Please. I'm here to help you guys, but you can help yourself too. Just know that. Anyway, that's it on the KTM 450SXF. Looking forward to shootouts. If you have any questions, I gave you my email. You want some swag, hit up heather at keyforingtesting.com. Good job, KTM. Thank you, Dave, at KTM, for giving me a long-term KTM to use. I love you, Moen, but Dave came through for me. I'm glad. I have a KTM now I can ride all year. I'm going to do some more things to this bike after shootouts, but right now this bike has to go back to stock. Stock, stock, stock. That's what we're talking about in the month of September. We're all about stock stuff. Shootout time. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. I'll hit you guys back up next week. We'll probably do this again with the Honda CRF 450. We're going to ride the shit out of that. Do some comparisons on the 18, the 19. Give you some more settings and inside tips and tricks. Ride red, right? Well, this week it's all about Orange Brigade. Yeah. See you guys.